Tonight, Alec Baldwin facing criminal charges for his role in a fatal film set shooting. The star and the prospect of prison time. An actor doesn't get a free pass just because they're an actor. A deepening legal saga after a tragic chain of events. Connecting the clues to identify a long-lost Canadian soldier. Because you don't expect a phone call like that. The extraordinary journey of Corporal Percy Howarth. In the end, they died for Canada, so it's, I think it's the least that we can do. Plus, the death of music legend David Crosby. The powerful imprint of a prolific singer-songwriter. I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. A gunshot that rang out on a movie set is still having very real-life consequences more than a year later, with a major star now facing the possibility of jail time. Alec Baldwin was holding the weapon that fired and left a cinematographer dead. He now faces criminal charges. CTV's Los Angeles Bureau Chief Tom Walters with today's developments. Actor Alec Baldwin is one of two people now facing charges of involuntary manslaughter after a deadly accident. Just because it's an accident doesn't mean that it's not criminal. During filming of the movie Rust, cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed and director Joel Souza was wounded when Baldwin's prop gun went off, firing a real bullet that should never have been on set in the first place. So in the rehearsal, I'm assuming I have an empty gun and the gun goes off. She's right in front of me. But the Santa Fe District Attorney says no one can just assume a gun is empty. Every person that handles a gun has a duty to make sure that if they are going to handle that gun, point it at someone and pull the trigger, that it is not going to fire a projectile and kill someone. The actor says he moved the hammer but did not pull the trigger, although an FBI report concluded that he must have. Today, Baldwin's lawyer calls the charges a terrible miscarriage of justice and says Baldwin relied on the professionals with whom he worked, who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. The professional responsible for gun safety was armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who in police body camera video seemed not to even know who had the weapon at the time of the accident. Alan Baldwin did? Yeah. Oh, now she is also charged with involuntary manslaughter. Assistant Director Dave Halls has taken a plea deal for six months probation. There was just this complacency, lack of care on that set. But the Screen Actors Guild says no one committed a crime on the set, certainly not Baldwin. And it calls the decision to charge him wrong and uninformed. An actor's job is not to be a firearms or weapons expert. An actor doesn't get a free pass just because they're an actor. A judge still has to decide whether there's enough evidence to go to trial. But if convicted, Baldwin and Gutierrez-Reed could face five years. Omar? All right, Tom Walters in Los Angeles and about an hour's drive east of there. A British actor who was hiking in the mountains is missing. This tremendous thing has happened between us. Julian Sands, best known for the film A Room with a View, hasn't been seen since Friday. But a car belonging to him has been located. The search for the 65-year-old is being carried out by air after avalanche risks forced ground teams to pull back. 
19 Canadian women and children detained in camps inside Syria in territory reclaimed from ISIS will soon be on their way home. Their lawyer says a confidential agreement was reached with Ottawa this morning. CTV's Judy Trin has the details. More than 40 Canadians have been languishing in Kurdish prison camps in northeastern Syria since 2019 when the Islamic State fell. Today, an agreement was reached with the federal government to bring six women and their 13 children home, but no men. The uh, ones that I have spoken to uh, personally and directly uh, are absolutely joyous. Their, their family members are, are coming home. The agreement comes less than a week after the final day of a federal court hearing. Lawyers for the detainees argued the government was violating their charter rights. A recent human rights report said detainees were caught in the middle of attacks between Kurdish and Turkish forces, that hundreds of children had died of malnutrition, fires and drownings. Canada closed its embassy in Syria a decade ago, and government lawyers argued it's not bound by international law to repatriate, and that detainees have ISIS links. Detaining them indefinitely without putting them on trial doesn't give any justice to the victims, and it certainly um, doesn't lead any credence to this idea that we do hold people who commit those kinds of crimes and atrocities to uh, the rule of law. Alexandra Baines is in regular contact with the women in the camps. She says some did marry ISIS fighters and may need to be charged, but all are remorseful. I don't think they're dangerous. I think they're broken people. They just want the chance to take care of their children and rebuild their lives. This agreement does not apply to at least two dozen other Canadians who were not part of the initial legal challenge, but they're hoping that a federal judge will order the government to bring them home too. Meanwhile, Global Affairs did not respond to a request for comment. Omar. Judy Trin in Ottawa tonight. For the first time since a Toronto man was killed in an alleged swarming attack by eight teenage girls last month, Kenley's family has broken its silence, pointing out what they see as flaws in the justice system. In a statement, they insist the public should be aware of who these individuals are to protect themselves. The identities of the accused, between 13 and 16 years old, are protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Lee's family describes him as a kind soul with a heart of gold. Police in Quebec have identified the three people who died in a propane facility explosion north of Montreal a week ago. The bodies of Céline Pilon and France Desrosiers, both 65 years of age, and 26-year-old Christophe Paradis were recovered from the rubble on Monday. Investigators say they'll be on the scene for several more days trying to pinpoint the cause. An overnight explosion at a townhouse complex in Kitchener, Ontario, sent four people to hospital, two of them children. Just rumble, and I was like, what was that? Instant dad mode just grabbed him, sprinted out the door, didn't think about jackets, didn't think about nothing. Security footage captured the moment neighbors were shaken by the blast. Daylight revealed the full extent of the damage. Windows and walls destroyed and debris scattered across the street. Ontario's premier says he has a plan to fix the province's health care worker shortage. Doug Ford wants to attract talent from across the country and get doctors and nurses working as soon as they arrive. But critics are accusing him of ignoring the root causes of the crisis. CTV's Heather Wright explains. So the patient has a fracture. Facing an unprecedented staffing crisis, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announced today plans to scrap red tape to attract more doctors and nurses from across the country. 
will allow Canadian healthcare workers that are registered or licensed in another province or territory to practice in Ontario immediately. But some wonder whether this plan will do anything to entice healthcare workers to move to a province where the cost of living is high and healthcare workers are burnt out. No, I don't think it's enough. Shannon Pollock left nursing a year and a half ago in search of better pay and a work-life balance. As far as staying in the job, that's where the problem is. Like, again, work-life balance, wages, bullying, it, uh, it's still a big problem. Nursing advocates agree and are calling on Doug Ford to pay healthcare workers more. If he wants to serve Ontarians and he's real about that, uh, start to invest in competitive compensation, in decent workloads. Still many say this plan is a start and has renewed calls for a national health care licensing system. There really shouldn't be barriers when there really is a, a consistent high level of education uh, across the country on this. There's no official recruitment campaign nor any financial incentive. Just thousands of health care jobs here in Ontario that need to be filled. Omar. All right, Heather, thank you. Angry healthcare workers were among more than a million people in France to march against the government's proposed pension reform. Massive crowds in Paris and other French cities protested the plan to raise the retirement age by two years to 64. The strikes shut down transport, schools, and other public services. Despite the widespread opposition, President Emmanuel Macron insists the overhaul is necessary. And in Peru, police clashed with protesters in demonstrations against the country's president, Dina Boluarte. The protesters are angry over last month's impeachment and ouster of her leftist predecessor. They're calling for her resignation and new elections. Over the last six weeks, more than 50 people have died in the protests. We are getting our first look at the long-lost Canadian soldier missing for more than 100 years. A part of his identity was revealed earlier this week when the Department of National Defense released his name after an extraordinary forensic effort. Tonight, we can show you what he looked like. And Annie Bergeron-Oliver also has reaction from some of Corporal Percy Howard's relatives. His name is one of more than 11,000 etched into limestone at Canada's Vimy Ridge Memorial in France. Corporal Percy Howarth was 23 when he was reported missing in 1917 during the fierce and deadly battle of Hill 70 near Lens, France. Now, more than a century later, distant relatives in the UK finally know what happened. The fact that they, they managed to identify him DNA found in a, basically in a mass grave is truly wondrous. In 2011, the bodies of five Canadian soldiers were found while removing explosives in France. All died on August 15th or 16th, 1917. Until this week, Corporal Howarth was the only soldier whose name wasn't known. They died for Canada, so it's, I think it's the least that we can do to do everything that we possibly can to return their identity to them. Howarth was found with a whistle, a Canadian badge and a pocket watch that with a little effort still works today. But with the bodies of 1,300 Canadians still missing from the Hill 70 battlefield, forensic anthropologist Sarah Lockyer had to search records from the 1800s to find a family member with matching DNA. It's definitely the longest identification uh, case that we've had. And 
it's because of the complications with the genealogy to find that right DNA donor, it was complicated. And when that call came, Howard's great-great-niece thought it was a scam. Once we realized what it was, it was very humbling, the fact that they've gone to so much trouble trying to trace family. Now the British native who moved to Vancouver for a better life will soon get his own headstone and a military burial at a French cemetery. Since the military's casualty identification program began in 2007, 40 unknown soldiers have now been named, but thousands more, Omar, remain. Their service and sacrifice will never be forgotten. Any thank you. The world of rock and roll is mourning the loss of one of its biggest stars tonight. David Crosby died today after a lengthy illness. He was 81 years old. CTV's Vanessa Lee with a look back at the influential singer's legendary career. Almost cut my David Crosby was a musical pioneer of the 1960s and 70s. Original member of LA folk rock band The Birds. That's where Crosby Shows and Nash was born, right under that light. He later founded supergroup Crosby, Stills and Nash, which would add Canadian Neil Young. Penning the soundtrack of a generation. Easily one of the greatest singer songwriters and guitarists of all time. He has to be right up there. Don't you ever ask them why? He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice for his role in the two iconic bands, a rare feat. Being on stage, one of his greatest pleasures. It's a joy. It's an absolute joy. It's what I was born to do. I love it more than anything except my family. In a tribute, bandmate Graham Nash remembers him as fearless in life and in music. Crosby was almost as well known for his personal life as for his music. He survived drug addictions, a liver transplant and three heart attacks and spent time in jail on weapons charges. He also made headlines after donating his sperm to fellow singer Melissa Etheridge so she could have children with her partner. She says she will forever be grateful to him for giving her the gift of family. In a statement provided to Variety magazine, Crosby's wife Jan says his humanity and kind soul will continue to guide and inspire, adding his legacy will live on through his legendary music. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Montreal. Time for a short break, but when we come back... It's okay just to want something different. A trailblazing leader and the reality of burnout. Plus... Power and pride inside the ring with a remarkable wrestler. A world leader surprise announcement is shining a spotlight on the sacrifices of holding public office. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern redefined modern leadership. CTV's Genevieve Beauchemin on her resignation and its resonance. See you later on. This is New Zealand's Jacinda Ardern on Election Day in 2017, painting her fence hours before she became the world's youngest leader. I am human. Politicians are human. Now this trailblazer, months away from a fall election, is leaving office on her own terms. I know what this job takes, and I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. Her words have thrown a spotlight onto the pressures of leadership and the workforce, 
with global surveys showing women report stress and burnout at an alarming rate. Uh, so it's really brave and important to recognize that people can burn out. Ardern is viewed as a rock star on the global scene, though polls show her popularity at home has plummeted. You're not going to put it all on me, are you? Still, she's a rare world leader handing over the reins of power before her term ends. It's not discouraging at all. I think it's empowering that she decided she chose her time limit and she chose when she was going to call her shot and leave. Ardern was only the second world leader to give birth while in office and brought her baby to the UN General Assembly. Our gun laws will change. When a shooter killed 51 people at two Christchurch mosques, she earned praise for her empathy and for quickly tightening gun laws. She brought in among the world's toughest pandemic measures, and that led her to re-election in 2020. But she's since faced backlash over the strict policies, and critics say she's fallen short of the transformative leadership she promised. Ardern now says she'll walk her daughter to school and that she'll marry her longtime partner. But she's also opened a conversation about when it's time to walk away from what she says is a very rewarding but stressful job. Geneviève Beauchemin, CTV News, Montreal. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is just a few months into his job, but he's already apologizing for what he calls an error of judgment. Hi. One of my New Year's promises to you... This video posted on social media showing him in a moving vehicle without a seatbelt sparked backlash from critics who pointed out the safety issue. He could face a fine of up to 500 pounds or about 800 Canadian dollars. Still ahead, from the push to buckle up to the pressure to buckle down. Maxed out, the urgent steps and warnings about the U.S. government's borrowing binge. The source of a major leak from the highest court in the United States is still a mystery tonight, even after a major investigation that included interviews with nearly 100 employees. And it's not even clear if the top court questioned the justices themselves. The draft opinion on overturning abortion rights surfaced last May and sparked massive protests. There are significant threats to the world's largest economy tonight after it hit the limit of how much it can borrow. If lawmakers don't act, the U.S. could run out of federal funds. CTV's Richard Madden is in Washington on the looming crisis and the crunch. Richard. Yeah, Omar, the U.S. government has basically maxed out its credit card. So the clock is now ticking to raise the debt limit or risk economic catastrophe that could drag Canada down with it. After blowing past the $31 trillion spending limit this morning, congressional Democrats and Republicans are in a stalemate on moving forward. This is about economic stability versus economic chaos. House Republicans are flexing their majority, demanding any debt limit increase be tied to major spending cuts. Just extending the credit card to continue spending recklessly is not in the interest of the American people. There will not be any negotiations over the debt ceiling. It should not be used as a political football. If a deal isn't reached, the U.S. would default for the first time in its history unable to pay bondholders, Social Security, the military. Interest rates would spike, prompting warnings of a major recession with spillover effects. Now, Treasury says there's enough money to pay the bills until June, but is urging Congress to come up with a deal before then to avoid a looming economic disaster. Omar. All right, Richard, thanks. Edmonton is unlikely to go into debt over its snow removal budget because it's been so warm lately. But that didn't dull the excitement for contest to name the city's snowplows. 
After considering 2,000 entries, the winners include a nod to Star Wars, Snowby Gone Kenobi, and Connor McBladeit after Oilers All-Star Connor McDavid. That's Edmonton, you know, they're hockey crazy, and that's, uh, that's why it's fun to play here. Control, Salt, Delete, and Blizzard of Oz also made the cut. Creative and clever. Coming up. There's definitely different ways that I'm trying to incorporate more of my culture into the wrestling world. Making an impression in the pros. A member of Saskatchewan's Pasqua First Nation is making moves in the world of wrestling. Corey Sear made his professional debut last week, and he hopes that's just the beginning. In tonight's Indigenous Circle, CTV's Melanie Neji with a man whose incredible rise has not come at the expense of forgetting his roots. From the spear to the tiger bomb. These choreographed wrestling moves are complicated, but the dogged way Corey Sear delivers them is generating buzz. I guess most people would consider me like a power guy. 33-year-old Sear, better known in the ring as Sebastian Wolf, recently made his AEW debut, which is a big accomplishment. They're currently the second largest North American TV wrestling company. It's definitely something that a lot of pro wrestlers aspire to. Seer, who is from the Pasqua First Nation, fell in love with wrestling while watching it as a kid with his grandma, Gloria. She'd never miss, never miss an episode, so she'd sit us down in front of the TV and I was just captured by it instantly. Fan fascination turned to passionate participation in 2018. That's when he was accepted into a professional training program in BC. There's showmanship and definitely... Uh, you know, you got to play your character. I was very adamant about being a bad guy out the gate. There's a lot of theatrics, but there's no denying it takes serious skill and a lot of athleticism. Uh, very hard. It's so physically demanding on your body. But Sears says the hard work is worth it, not just because his career is progressing, but because he's making his home nation proud. Bringing this out is pretty important to me. At every match, he carries the Pasqua flag, and on his boots, there's the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls symbol. There's definitely different ways that I'm trying to incorporate more of my culture into the wrestling world. As for what's next for Seer, he'll keep flying off the ropes and pounding the map in hopes of landing an elite pro wrestling contract. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Surrey, B.C. Fighting to break barriers. And that's a snapshot of this Thursday. Sandy is here tomorrow. For all of us at CTV National News, good night.